0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. My name is Captain Zach. And on today's episode, I talked with my friend Zoe at Elite Adventures. Now, Elite Adventures is a water sport rental company located on the Big Island of Hawaii and is owned and operated by none other than my friend Sherry Sisko, who was on episode 24 about Kona snorkel trips. So, if you're just tuning into the podcast, I suggest you rewind to episode number 24 listen to that get to know sherry a little bit and then come on back to this episode to learn all about zoe and elite adventures it was great getting to talk with zoe because she has such a unique experience in the tourism industry and even worked on a safari out in africa so pretty wild experiences very cool stories we're also born in the same town which uh come to find out which was very cool and yeah so it was a great episode to talk with zoe catch up This episode was recorded a while back, so forgive me if there's any time discrepancies or events that we talked about that have happened in the past, but I hope you guys enjoy the show, and if you wouldn't mind signing up for a newsletter, liking us on Facebook, and giving us a follow on Instagram, it would mean the world to me and give you great content about the hardworking men and women who aren't afraid to get salty during the day-to-day grind. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to stick around towards the end. Uh, welcome Zoe to another episode, and it's a pleasure to have you on because not only are you an amazing person to have on the show, but I'm actually you know good friends with you and the other people that are involved in Elite Adventures since I was somewhat involved in it before I left Hawaii. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show, catch up, and then also learn all about you and Elite Adventures. So welcome.
1: Thanks, thanks. I'm glad to be on the show. Uh, It's nice to. Touch base again from a fellow comrade, even though a bit farther away. But uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being on the show <laughs> and taking the time. Yeah, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because I can remember the day that I left, and you know, <laughs> giving you, Blaine and Sherry a hug and and just saying that you know a farewell, not a goodbye, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and I see you soon, but you know, having known knowing a little bit about your backstory, what I'd like to do is let's just jump right into. You know what you've been doing because you have such an interesting background and where you've come, and we have some similarities. And I think I, you know, what I'm, which one I'm pointing to, um, starting all the way back to when we were born. Um, but
1: yeah.
0: let's let's just dive into who you are, Zoe.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, I remember that day vividly as well, and and I also remember the the particular you're you're mentioning and of being from Laguna Beach, um, so uh, and born in the same hospital, if I remember correctly. Yeah, who so, knew, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm from Laguna Beach originally. Um, I have British parents, uh, so I'm kind of dual citizenship with the UK as well, and I have an identical twin sister who also lives out here in Hawaii. I did not um, know that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I yeah, met but... her and I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe we swapped on <laughs> you and you never knew. <laughs> have you um, ever done that so... before? We have. Yeah, okay. we, we used to do that in school a little bit. We'd have yes. different strengths. Um, so, you know, she was more artsy. I mean, really good artist. And I was more of sciences. So every now and then I'd be, you know, saying, hey, let me take your science class and and uh, you take my art class. And then we kind of get double lunch periods as well. So, that yeah, we awesome. definitely used it. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. All right, but continue, continue, yeah. side note. Yeah, no, of course. Um. So yeah, um, yeah, from California originally. Um, and then I went to university at UNC Charlotte in North Carolina, um, where I studied ecological anthropology. Um, so I was kind of toying between archaeology and geology. And then I realized my heart and passion is kind of um, an integration of People and tourism and the environment so conservation and such like that so um, I wanted to branch out and kind of explore where that all meets um, so I did my field work and my thesis in the Galapagos uh, looking at uh, conservation tourism um, a kind of luxury conservation tourism mm. um, and in respect of how it's handled with Western knowledge implementations or local um, implementations so it's like you know it, in a lot of places you'll have uh, uh, different conservation methods will thrive um, in sometimes respects of Western practices and in other times it's local practices that that make it thrive and sometimes doing nothing is actually the best thing to do so um, I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit more so uh, Yeah, went and checked that out. Had a great time over there and uh, found some uh, interesting research and such. And uh, yeah, did that. Then I left the U.S. um, and went to the Channel Islands in between France and England um, to get more into tourism. Yeah, it was an odd place. I was on an an island called Sark that had no cars, no golf carts. It only had horse and carriages and bicycles. Really? (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah. Were you a horse
0: person <laughs> or a bicycle person? It was a really person? odd
1: place. <laughs> right? I was usually um, a, a little bit of both. So, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I liked to ride the horses. I wasn't so much confident with a buggy type of thing. But so if I could ride the horses or go on the bike, then that was usually my tactic. But uh, but yeah, really, really odd island. And that's kind of where I got first into tourism. And then um, uh, branched out there into tourism management and, uh, and more in ho- hospitality management. And then uh, I went to the, the BVI, the British Virgin Islands, which is one of the best, uh, as you'll know, one of the best sailing destinations in the mm-hmm. world. Very nice cruising conditions. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I was out there for a while, then went to Alaska for a while and lived and worked there. Um, well, and were then in Indonesia. Alaska? Oh. In Alaska, I was working in operations, and hotel operations, um, at a big ski resort called Alieska. Um, beautiful, beautiful resort, lots of fun. You know, every night you're kind of sitting under the northern lights and, um, you know, we have great stories. I mean, I remember one time a guest, uh, hey, had this beautiful Shelby Cobra, and I forget which year it was, mm-hmm. but uh, it was one of these $1.3 million Jesus. Cobras. Yep. And we were always telling our guests, uh, you know, don't leave any food in your cars because uh, there are bears around, you know, grizzlies and black bears. Right. Okay, yep, didn't leave any food in my car and, you know, this is a convertible. So, okay, no worries. Anyways, uh, the next morning he goes out to the parking lot and he's very happy. Then he comes back in moments later, uh, very, very uh, change of expression in, in his face. Right. He says, right, my uh, Shelby Cobra no longer has a roof. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. He had left a wrapper in the car and a bear got in and just tore the entire roof off. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's crazy yeah. how, mm-hmm. you know, how good they can smell. The, the bear, it's remarkable.
1: It really is. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, when I've when i done a lot of backpacking and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll go out and every time you see a ranger, they're always checking to make sure that you have, <clears throat> you know, you're equipped to, to hang a bear bag. And, and they're like, yeah. everything goes in that bag. Toothpaste, deodorant. Right you know, whatever, you know, anything food-related goes into that bag, and I actually have a funny story where I was in Yellowstone, and my buddy Drew and I were hiking out, finding our bear bag, or trying to find a spot to hang it, and all of a sudden, you know, we kind of lose track of where we are, because it's, it's like 12 o'clock midnight, the whole, our, our, our campgrounds got mixed up, because the, the person that set it up, like, they switched them around, so, it was crazy. And you can't sleep in your car because the rangers will come by and they'll kick you out of the park. So we're like, all right, well, oh. we just have to. We're gonna have to find a spot. So we're we're looking for our bear bag site, and we get lost in the middle of Yellowstone. <laughs> the Scariest moment <laughs> of that trip. But needless oh, no. to say, yeah, yeah, right. It, needless to say, we found our bear bag spot. We eventually <laughs> hung it and we hiked. We you know run ran back into our uh, into our tent, but. Yeah, that's my story about bear bags. Crazy.
1: <laughs> Who knew it would lead to such a uh, a, a nervous adventure?
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It seems like all adventures are kind of like that, right? You know, yeah, and, this and it's having true. these like weird stories and and decisions that probably weren't the best that you know eventually turn into a, a story that you can have for yeah. a lifetime. So
1: exactly, those are the ones you remember. So right, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You're, it seems like you have this, you know, you, you obviously studied tourism and you have this theme yep. throughout your life so far with, you know, being involved in the tourist economy. Do you think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're growing up, were you ever attracted to the ocean, the outdoors that kind of led you to then study tourism and then continue to do that as a career?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean. Um uh i have very adventurous parents uh we kind of grew up you know strapped to their backs from when we were little and they would go off on these big hikes and random remote places and um my sister and i heidi and i we were we were always with them going off on these adventures and you know whether it was on the ocean both my parents are big windsurfers so Mm. we used to be like strapped behind the board well not strapped but we'd hold on to the foot straps at the end of the board and they'd sail us across the lake and stuff like this. And, you know, we learned to drive in the Badlands and Antiborrego when we were little and stuff like this. So, and don't get me wrong, at times I remember thinking, especially once I got more around the teenage age, I remember thinking, oh, but everybody else my age is doing this for the summer and this and this. And uh, Heidi and I were often doing these weird, adventurous travel things, um, which at the time I remember being kind of, um, against, um, even though I would enjoy it, I always remember being kind of, oh, well, I want to do this because all, all the other people, all my other stu- student friends are doing this and stuff. But looking back on it, I'm so grateful for the childhood I, I had because it definitely has, um, uh, composed, I guess, my, my love of adventure and the ocean and, and just, uh, you know, studying tourism. I mean, I think from when I was, I want to say fifteen. Um, my best friend and I, we made a a pact that we said one day we'll go to Africa and we'll work in Africa and work mm-hmm. on a reserve or something like this. And then um, five years ago, uh, no, six years ago, I moved to Kenya and ran a safari lodge. You know, where no I've way. been the last, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember. You, I think so, I remember you saying that. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was it was one of those things that it was like I've just got to do this in my life. Like that. That was the kind of. Thing I had to myself in high school and you know I didn't always really click with you know a lot of the social um environment of of high school but I Mm -hmm. always loved adventure and I loved travel and um I just knew that's what I wanted to do and then um having a degree like uh anthropology with a specialty in tourism um it really allows you to be able to go to these exotic places and work in tourism or um you know, run a safari lodge, for example, or, uh, do these kinds of things. So yeah, it, it's, uh, my, I suppose, yeah, my background has definitely led me to, to, to my, my passion these days. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah. how was, um, how was running that lodge? Cause that's, you know, a very yeah. obscure and interesting and very adventurous <laughs> job. I mean, I, I there's probably mm-hmm. only one person that I could talk to about, you know, even visiting an African, you know, safari lodge, and, you know, it's my uncle, and, and then you, because not many okay. people have any, you know, really traveled to Africa in general, right? It's not the most popular yeah. place in the world, so, um, mm-hmm. but it is beautiful nonetheless, so have, have was there ever a moment in time or an experience that you, that really kind of sticks out to you in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it was, it was an experience that I will never trade for anything. It was one of the toughest, um, things, but also one of the most rewarding uh, 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 times of my life as well. Um, I mean, it's running a lodge, um, especially like a high caliber safari lodge. It's a lot of work. Um, and it's, it's. you know, we, I was based in an area of Kenya um, called Samburu, which is up in northern Kenya. And uh, this is also working with the Samburu people who are very passionate people. Um, but it can be challenging as well. You know, I'm uh, a young woman from America. So kind of establishing, you know, coming in and having the ultimate say-so mm. uh, when you're having a meeting with your, let's say seven guides, you know, who drive the vehicles, it's kind of having, building that relationship where they're happy to accept, uh, you know, a woman say-so when you talk to them about the Land Rovers or something. So right. it took a lot of time in the beginning to build that kind of uh, camaraderie, I suppose, among the team. Um, so you have about 50 members of staff, which are um, 86% Samburu. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it took a lot of time to build that relationship. But um, after, I think, about a year, it, it was just such a united front. I mean, we had we faced a lot of challenges out there as, as, as the Lodge um, when we went through a bad drought. And, uh, you know, there were some things coming down from uh, Somalia that were kind of tough times and stuff like this. But it was just such a... Um, you know, everybody stood together in those moments and, and uh so that was really rewarding and I mean running an actual lodge, it's it's like I said, it's long days, it's a lot of work and you're there twenty four seven for whatever demand a guest might have. But it's it's the fact that you can be sitting in your office doing something very mundane like a spreadsheet and then the leopard just walks by. Right, <laughs> and, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh it, it so, puts yeah. it in
0: perspective real quick.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's work, but you have a moment that can just within a heartbeat, it's one of the most fascinating things you're watching. So, um, and it's, you know, we would always sit around with guests at night and we'd exchange stories and just to see how excited they were by these stories of, well, that time in, in, in the bush, when this elephant nearly got us kind
0: of thing. Right. Right. You know,
1: it's, it's a lot of fun. So it's a, a phenomenal experience, but uh, but but yeah, I I it, I'm happy to have done the experience and kind of put down roots now here in Hawaii. Um, but yeah, it will for so many memories will will forever stay with me. No, for
0: <laughs> sure. So yeah, how did you um, end up in Hawaii? Because I mean, you've had this this trail of, you know, in the U.S., outside the U.S., different countries, different mm-hmm. places, austere environments. Like, how did you end up mm-hmm. on the Big Island?
1: Um, you know, it's it's. There's kind of twofold, I suppose. Um, uh, The one reason was uh, after I've been kind of working abroad for a long time now, well, since I left university, so nine years now, I've been mainly abroad. um, And it was just kind of ready to be home in a sense of like building a home. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, not really, even though like in Kenya, I was there for five years, it was still always finite and, uh, kind of wanted to go somewhere where I can set down roots and, you know, buy a coffee maker
0: right, right. <laughs> kind
1: of thing, you know, these little things, but, um, that, and my husband is South African, um, and Canadian. He's also dual citizenship. And so we kind of had our pick of four countries where we said, well, where do we want to, kind of wind up um, and, you know, England was too rainy and Canada is, you know, uh, maybe too cold for us. South Africa is not the best time to be moving to South Africa. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, the U.S. Um, And Hawaii, I used to grow up coming out here quite frequently. um, And so Hawaii for immediately was just that, you know, that is the perfect place because it's still the U.S. It's still home. It's still an easy lifestyle, you know, it's very comfortable, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of it being the first world nation and such. Um, but you're still not, um, you know, you don't feel like you're quite back on the mainland U S and, and we love that feel. And for me, I, I just love, um, the, the variety that Hawaii has, you know, you can be really cold and, um, doing a big hike and, you know, uh, in the ele- elevated areas. And then you can be two hours down on the beach and you- swimming with manta rays. So. Great, right. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, I love volcanoes. They fascinate me. So. Okay. So there's a little underlying. <laughs> yeah. River. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then, um, uh, we decided on Hawaii and then, um, uh, yeah, my, my, um, uh, sister, like I was saying, was living on Oahu at the time. So, um, so um, at, at the time, um, I was talking to her a lot about it. We came out and uh, visited so that you, sorry, my husband could see the islands and stuff as well. And and then, funnily enough, uh, I said to him, "Oh, wait till you see the Big Island. It's like nowhere you've ever seen." We landed on the runway at Kona, and I mean, you know the runway. It's oh, pretty yeah. unique. <laughs> So as soon as the plane kind of put on the brakes, um, he just turned and said, "All right, we're moving here." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, Been here ever since. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. And Kona is a very special place, and I and the Big Island in general, and having checked out when I first moved to Hawaii, um, Oahu and Maui, it just didn't it didn't feel right. And I we landed in Kona, and Mm -hmm. you know we weren't really sure. Right, my buddy Ryan and I who I moved out there with. Right. It was this feeling of like, well, there's a lot of feelings at that time, right? Because you just moved <laughs> to an island in the middle of the Pacific, never having, yeah. I had never been to it. And, um, right. you know, right. travel to Wahoo, check out Maui. But, you know, there's something that sat inside me with the big island that was like, this is, this is the place, right? You can, yeah. you can go snowboarding during the day and then swim <laughs> with mantas at night. So count me in. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sold, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's really unique how and everyone comes to Hawaii for a different reason, right? And, yeah. And everyone has their own specificity as to what they like and why. And But at the end of the day, we're all there in, in this one place. And it seems like a lot of the reasons for people coming there are very similar. And that's why I think a lot of people mm-hmm. who eventually stay there um, really vibe together with everyone else on the island, or, or so it yeah. seems, you know?
1: yeah. No, I I completely agree. And I think that's one of the allures to a place like this is um, it's like you say, um, everybody has, uh, well, most people seem to have a similar intrigue, um, whether it's uh, diving or if it's being on the water or if it's hiking, but to wrap, like to put a a wrapper on it, I suppose it's just that kind of spirit of adventure and what better place in the US to, to have that kind of spirit. So. It is. It's so nice. You can be walking down the street or even, you know, when we're speaking to our guests at Ali'i Adventures and you just tell them a story of a lava tube or something like that. And and they've also been there and you just get so excited again because you're reliving that moment of where you are. And, um, yeah, it's a a very similar experience. uh, perspective and I guess people get enjoyment from the same thing so it's it's very nice to share that absolutely
0: yeah for sure and, and you know that's perfect segue into you know what you're doing now right and you've yeah. you've done so many different jobs from you know taking care of a lodge in Kenya which is amazing and and all the other studies that you've done uh, and now you're at Elite adventures in on Elite drive across from the King K um, hotel and tell us more like what is Elite Adventures? Yeah. What are you doing there, and and how did it start? And I know a little bit about there because you know I was a captain for Kona Snorkel Trips, and mm-hmm. um, I got to actually help build you know the the inside and restore Elite to Adventures to to what it is right now.
1: Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, so Elite Adventures, it's a it's a super exciting concept. Um, luckily, uh, you know. For myself and to be able to watch it grow, uh, I, I came out here just before uh, we actually opened it. So um, uh, basically the goal and the concept of it is kind of a trifold. Um, so like you said, we're based down here on Ali'i Drive across from the um, the Kinkei and, and Kailua Pier. Um, so we basically want to hit all the markets we can in terms of adventure on big islands. Like we are the thumbprint, I suppose, of when there is some sort of adventurous thing you can think of, we do it. So in that regard, we basically do uh, tours, whether it's ocean tours uh, from a historical cruise down the coastline or a night dive with a manta rays, or if it's a land tour where you go into the volcanoes and you're hiking across the Kilauea Iki crater Um, Or if you're doing helicopter um, tours, um, we basically want to to do all of it. Um, And we've established ourselves, you know, and able to be able to offer all of it. Um, uh, And then the other big branch of what we do are our rental um, rentals. So that goes from like watercraft rentals to beach rentals. Um, I mean, it's such a popular thing for uh, local people and tourists to just swing by and say, hey, I'm going to take out a paddleboard, and then the, the one hour they're out, they see turtles, dolphins, mantas, if they're lucky, some have even seen whales out mm-hmm. there, um, and it's just, it, it transforms what people originally think of, hey, I'm just going to rent a kayak. You know, they go out, and instead, like, we strap on a tow rope, and we get them a snorkel kit, and they end up coming back saying, that was the best thing I've done on the whole trip yet, right. because, you know, it's not just saying here's a paddleboard go it's you know here's a paddleboard now let me sit with you for 10 minutes and we'll go through this map and we'll give you all the recommendations and then you know we'll make sure if you're going on a on a big beach day we'll also get you geared up with a cooler and umbrella and stuff like that so it's just kind of creating this um like perfect day or perfect experience rather than just a you know just a, a kind of shop that's in and out like we want to really build our rapport with our guests um, so that they you know that that's the reward it's not just a transaction it's coming back in saying wow that recommendation was great or hey we saw this out there that kind of thing so so that's a big part of what we do as well and then of course we're also a shop so we're a retail space so we have all kinds of um, outdoor gear and swim gear and hiking gear, you know, for SunTech shirts and, um, or sorry, Anatech shirts for the sun. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, we just kind of, we're still building that side of the the business because mm-hmm. we were, we were only about three weeks open before, before COVID came along. Uh, I know, it was just <laughs> <Right>. the timing. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so we, we just had a glimpse at how it was doing and it took off so well. So, you know, we're still kind of exploring some avenues and such, but the, the small glimpse we had at normality, it, it was so exciting. So it's, uh, um, it, it's and that's why I, I came on board with the company, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've opened other bis- businesses, you know, un- in terms of like managing them and opening them as well. And I love that project. Um, I love, you know, being with something from the start and seeing it grow. Um, and this concept really intrigued me and, and, uh, I think it's quite a unique one for Kona, um, and the location is just unbeatable. So, um, so yeah, so we, we, we're, we're pretty excited about what, what the future has in store for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was such an awesome experience for me having to, yeah. you know, or, or having, you know, getting the opportunity to work with Kona snorkel trips and then eventually, yeah. you know, kind of phasing into a little bit of Elite Adventures and getting to do yeah. the build out and help with yeah. some of the you know, the I a little bit of the ideas or just trying to like, you know, come up with ideas that could then be implemented later on once everything was open. And it, it was such an awesome experience to work with Sherry and Blaine and yeah. you know, the, the really the boots on the ground of just trying to get this thing going and, and go from a, a concept to um, more of an idea and then executing that idea and getting it ready and then seeing it flourish. Because you're right, like within the first mm-hmm. week of it opening, it was, there was people walking in the drawer, even when we were painting the walls, like we were, yeah. we were getting customers when the walls were getting painted and then they were waiting <laughs> at the door when, when the doors opened. So, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, the best part about it was you're right. You're not just selling them a piece of gear or equipment, or simply just a paddleboarding experience like you're selling them Mm -hmm. an adventure and and really is in the name like elite adventures really encapsulates what you're trying to do because it's not just throwing them a snorkel and saying all right yeah just go find a beach you know figure it out yourself it's like all right no let's really educate this person and show them the history of hawaii and and what it really means to get the opportunity to live on the island for for one day or two days or or however long you're uh, you know, they're there for. So, um, yeah. and I think that's really what separates elite adventures from the other outfitters that are on the island.
1: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I mean, we saw it with the, the, um, response from the guests that were here and, um, did come in in the very beginning. I mean, we had this one family, the first day we opened, and I think it was about 10 of them in the family of which six were all quite little kids. And uh, we just literally opened the doors for day one, and we had all of our snorkel equipment for rent, but we realized we hadn't defogged the masks. No, no. Um, And we realized this way too late. So (laughs) within about 15 minutes, we had 10 rentals, which was great, we didn't anticipate that. But we're suddenly—I mean, it was—it was actually Blaine and Byron, you know—they—they're out there, you know, scrubbing the masks, really trying to get them ready. And I'm in there using our rental software for the first time. Right. And I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is such a bad start. You know, these guys are going to be so unhappy because they—we have to scrub the masks and stuff like that." Um, but they were so patient with us, and you know, part of like I was saying, you just build that reputation with with the people. So we were just playing with the kids while we're trying to distract them getting stuff ready right, right. but it was still so turbulent that i thought oh they're going to leave us a bad review or something like that anyway day, the next day they came back and they were like you guys are the nicest people we've met in kona and we're going to show you our support because of that and we're coming here every single day and oh, they no came way. every single day and they left great reviews i couldn't believe it i mean it was it was such a rough start but it was it just you know it, that's the thing when you are, when you engage with people and you really enjoy what you do and, and you enjoy telling people about that, I I guess they just pick up on it, you know, and it makes Mm -hmm. everybody's lives much happier, but, but yeah, so it was a, it was a interesting start, but it's, it's, it's all about getting that kind of, you know um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, this, this spirit across, you know, where people want to come back because of, because of that, that uh, environment and, and the atmosphere of who you are.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point. And in a lot of the way in it, it seems as though that's how tourism really operates. And if you're successful yeah. in it, and which, you know, Sherry, Byron Blaine have all been successful in, you know, operating tourism-based companies, um, is having that spirit. And I love that word and how you used it because it really does just kind of, you know, envelops exactly what you're trying to do there and and in in many ways what you've done in the past, right? And having that yeah that passion to share an experience that you know that you love with someone else, you know? And for me, like, I've always enjoyed taking people out, taking people out on any boat, right? Whether it was when I was younger and I had a little dinghy with a 9.9, you know, tiller drive on the back or (laughs) all the way up to, you know, running, you know, the Orca for KST. It was that passion and that drive to then give something to someone else and, and provide that experience for them that I know and love. And I, I, I think that you feel the same way.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and that, that's, that reminds me of, you know, so many times it would happen when we would say send guests on Kona snorkel trips and you were the captain, you know, it, it worked uh, so well for us because we know, you know, you with Kona snorkel trips as well. We're like, Oh great. You're going with Zach. And then, they go there and they meet Zach and they come back the next day and they're like, "Oh yeah, Zach really was great. Thanks for putting us on uh, with you know? that. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> no, of course, but it was it was just that um, uh, it's it's I think the the camaraderie you have as well in tourism and with your colleagues and and such um, that also comes across and um, you know without that it's kind of like oh well you can go with so so-and-so so-and-so and so or so and so and. There's nothing... It doesn't really excite the guests much, but, uh, you know, for us, like, at Elite Adventures, we want to know we're sending people out with great guides, regardless mm-hmm. of what the adventure is, because that also reflects on us. So um, it's one reason why we would always book Kona snorkel trips or Kona Honu divers. You know, they're just... We know that it's going to be good, and it's the same with, you know, our land tours as well. We do all of our tours ourselves, so we know exactly... The strong points and we know exactly how to cater them for certain people you know some people they want to see the whole island but they don't want to walk anywhere so they just want to do go around by by car so then you arrange a tour where they're just in the car and they can stop and maybe walk to the you know get some coffee or other people want to do the most extreme things you can think of on the entire island from hang gliding to um you know uh, deep Deep exploration on the on the ocean and doing donuts on these ex-navy ribs and right, <laughs> stuff right. like this. So, um, so it's all about being so familiar with um, with the adventures and with the the product, I suppose, so that you can say, you know what, it, you know, this one, yeah, we can sell you this one because it's more expensive and the company can make more money. But that's exactly the opposite of what we wanted to do. It, it's you know, let us cater it exactly to what you want. And and that's how we build our reputation and build our, um, you know, um, respect from the community and our our guests and customers and such.
0: Right. And, 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 (laughs) you know, and to your point of, you know, being able to provide them the knowledge that you physically have actually gone on these trips and you know exactly what you're going to get. And having that firsthand experience is is really kind of what sets you apart in in terms of, you know, Really knowing the product that you're serving, and you know being selfless, right, is what I've always yeah. found in tourism, especially whether it was in Hawaii, Rhode Island, and wherever else, right. And it's just typically a good trait to have anyway, but especially yeah. in tourism because you know you, you look at this person and and they have or their family and they have X amount of days to be wherever they are: Bahamas, Fiji, Hawaii, and they've spent maybe their entire lives saving up for this exact moment. Maybe it's a couple on their yeah. honeymoon, right? So yeah. for them, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. For us, being the outfitter or the, or the or the captain or what have you, it's just another it's another day on the job, right? Like you woke up, right. you know exactly what you're going to do and then you go do that job well and you try and provide the best service possible. But for these people, they don't see it like that, right? They see it as yeah. I'm coming to this person they're gonna try and give me the best trip that I can ever have, and in, in this memory that I'll share with the rest of my life, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: So, so it's almost yeah. as if, as if you're, if you are a guide or a captain or or whomever, if you don't, you know, put everything in the back of your head and just focus on this person, in this moment, that you're really being selfish, right? In a sense, because yeah. this person is is either saved up their life savings, spent all their money to get here. Maybe it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Maybe it's not, but you know, to provide that one experience to the best way possible, and, and with a smile on your face the entire time, I think is really important, and and something that you know, having gone on the trips that you have, you know, you give them that firsthand knowledge of knowing that this is going to be an awesome time, and I can guarantee it.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely, and it's it's um, one of the. It's not just so we are familiar with the trips, um, and it's like okay, well, this does this, this, and this. Um, But it is, you know, saying to somebody, uh, you know, once you speak to somebody enough, uh, even if it's just a few minutes uh, over the counter versus saying, hey, what do you want to do? You can kind of get a let's say a vibe of somebody. Mm -hmm. So you might know, uh, you know, these guys aren't going to want to go in a helicopter. Um, They want to be like hands on doing a sport type of thing. You know, So um, all it takes is a little bit of time with somebody before you realize, well, uh, this is what they'll like, this is what they won't like. And so, um, again, it's just finding that um, kind of uh, being able to pull from different tours and say, well, this one is the best hybrid because it doesn't have this, 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 but it does have this, this, this. So, right. um, yeah, it's all just just trying to build that um, no, I suppose, of your individual customers and then and then um, just surprise them with how great the tour is. Yeah, so. exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in in yeah. a lot of ways, like, Zoe, you're kind of the gatekeeper of the big island, if you look at it that way, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you think about That's it. That's cool, I like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's true.
0: So, I, <laughs> I mean, never
1: thought about that. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, because you really are, because, you know, someone who's never been to the island before, they come to you, yeah. you know, with the expectation that you're going to know every nook and cranny, and you yeah. can, right? You do. Like, you can offer all these tours, and you've been on some of them. And, and, and what, ones, um, what ones have you been on? Like, have there been ones that stick out to you? I mean, obviously, you know, KST and Konohonu Divers, but that's given, yeah. right? Um, yeah. <laughs> what are the other ones that really yeah. stick out to you?
1: Um, okay, so there's two, I would say, that really stick out to me out, outside of KST and Konohonu best to um,
0: dive and snorkel outfits on the island yes, by the way
1: exactly yep. yes and um, they are so much fun and <laughs> um, not to be missed so that goes without saying you must you must either snorkel or dive with Konohanu or Kona Snorkel Trips it's it's a great experience and an intimate experience which is why I love those two operators so mm-hmm. much um, but the specific tours that I really like there's probably two um, and I, I didn't I didn't, when I went on those tours, I knew I was going to like them, but I didn't expect the feeling I had when I came away from them. Um, like, uh, one of them, it's our, uh, tour that is basically, it packs everything you can possibly think of when it comes to volcanoes into a tour. And it's a big day tour. It's a, it's a proper adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that one proper (laughs) adventure. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I mean, this takes you around the island, but you're concentrating mainly on volcanoes. So you start the day with going into lava tubes, and you can hike deep into the lava tubes. And the part that's so cool about it um, is that when you get down there, you can go off on your own. So you don't have to be right behind a guide, you know, two feet behind the guide at at his pace. You know, the guides stay down there with you, but you can explore at your own free will. And, I mean, I remember going, like, half an hour into one of these lava tubes, and they just say, okay, be back out of the tube at this time. You can go in with a guide if you wanted to. They're there ready for you, but they give you that free reign to kind of have fun with it. Mm. So, I mean, you spend the time in the the lava tube, and then you also go down. This was one of the coolest parts and one of the coolest things I've seen on the big island. But you can go down to uh, basically where the lava flow is from the last Kilauea eruption.
0: Oh, very cool. Um,
1: yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, it's literally the the planet changing before your eyes. I mean, um, basically, you go to this state park and you can see where the flow crept right through the middle of the state park. I mean, you have, let's say, a, a barbecue and half of the barbecue is buried in the lava and the other half is completely exposed like normal.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's the strangest thing. So, so seeing that and then seeing the new black sand beaches and then. Um, on that tour, we go up into the actual volcano park and then hike across one of the craters. It's so cool. And then you go up to above the to the viewpoint and you can see the steam vents and everything of Kilauea. Um, and then after that, that tour actually ends with a, a dinner and wine tasting at the Volcano Winery. Oh, wow. fancy. Um, it's, yeah, it's really cool. And then you get to tour the, the vineyard and such as well, and you can taste the local teas there. I mean, it's just the perfect adventure day, um. To be honest, but uh, oh, and then the other, uh, my other favorite one is uh the telescopes sunrise. So the the Mauna Kea observatories, yep. um, going up there for sunrise. That's just spectacular. I mean to stand in among those telescopes that are huge. They are and, you know, massive.
0: It's crazy how big they are.
1: Yeah, right? And, and the, the power of when they rotate and just watching them, you know, it, knowing somebody's controlling these and then thinking, all right, who's sitting in a laboratory in France spinning this one around? Right. <laughs> you know, what are they looking at? So um, just to see all of those. And then um, it's a particularly cool uh, experience because there's so much... Uh, geometry up there so when the sun comes up it comes up in such a way that all these shadows are cast that are perfectly symmetrical or um you know um perfectly geometrical um and so i mean the sunrise in itself is glorious because you're above the cloud line Mm -hmm. um but then also to stand in front of these telescopes and then just see how the shadows play and such it's it's pretty spectacular and then of course on that one you also have breakfast on the way down and You do a bit of stargazing because you take some um, acclimatization time on the way up. Mm -hmm. So you have hot cocoa and such like that while you're looking at the stars. And it's it's so bizarre because when you're up there, you know, it's so cold. I mean, I think when I was up there last, it was, I want to say about 15 degrees was the temperature with probably a wind chill of like negative five.
0: It's typical Hawaii weather.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um, But that's the thing, you know, you start that tour early and you're done by like 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then you have your whole day to go and lounge on the beach and have some cocktails and stuff like that. And you just feel like you've almost seen the world in that one tour. So it's... uh, Um, those are, those I'd have to say are my two favorite tours. They're just, um, they're, they're out. I mean, literally you feel out of this this world that that's how, how opening they are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, having been (laughs) to the top of Mauna Kea at night and done some stargazing, it really is incredible. It's almost disorienting to a degree. Like you're looking up at the scar at the stars and they're, they're so close. It appears that they're so close (laughs) that you can literally reach out and touch them but then yeah. you just kind of get mesmerized and you almost forget where you are. It, oh, it's,
1: absolutely. It's yeah. unbelievable. And it's the visibility as well. It's so clear. I mean, you know, it's, uh, and it's interesting hearing, you know, how they keep it, uh, the, the like the light pollution down, you know, the certain types of light bulbs that are used within that kind of area. And then also how they angle them. But, um, you know, the whole reason of them being up there is because the air is so clear uh, here in, in Hawaii and, they can, the visibility is so great, you know, it's colder and such as well, so, um, but yeah, there's been a number of times where, uh, oh, oh we went and camped on, uh, on Mount Aloha, actually, we hiked up Mount Aloha to the summit, and then oh, camped very cool. just on the, on the caldera rim, and I remember looking out when the sun was coming up the next morning, thinking, gosh, this, this must be what Mars looks like, yeah, no and then kidding. finally, right, <laughs> and then on the way down, um, we were, Parked at the Mauna Loa observatories, and then on the way down, on the drive there, you can actually see there's this big white dome, and it's actually um, a basically like a, a false Mars habitat. So uh, you'll have astronauts go there to this dome and kind of uh, use it as a simulator for life on Mars. What
0: I did uh, not know that.
1: Yeah, isn't that strange? That's it, really and cool. it's just, yeah, it's really cool. But and I always thought, gosh, you know, if you sat there long enough with a pair of binoculars. You can probably see an astronaut, like, bumping around the rocks there. <laughs> yeah,
0: no kidding, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so.
1: it's, it's really yeah. It's really amazing cool how,
0: you know, how much change goes on within the big island. You know, not only just because yeah. of the volcanic eruptions and, you know, the island literally changing and growing, but yeah. the drastic, you know, topography changes that occur. You know, you could be down Definitely. the coast on a white sandy beach, you know, and it yeah. looks like typical Hawaii, like you'd see in a magazine. And then yeah. you can go to the opposite side of the island and see, you know, green sand beach and black <laughs> sand beach. And then you can yeah. go a little bit further up and you can see these beautiful grasslands and yeah. keep going. And now, you've, now if you're like, you know, you're in Vermont, you know, at some <laughs> points with like these pine trees yeah. poking up yeah. and you're like, where the heck did this pine tree come from? And right. you go further up, and you're on the top of you know one of the tallest points on in on the planet, and, and there's yeah. snow, and it's 15 degrees. So, <laughs> it, it's unbelievable, and it's so hard to explain unless you've really done it and lived there or, or visited yeah. there for an extended period of time. Um, yep. And and get you experience it all because it man, it's such an incredible place, and and yeah. it's one that i think everyone should go and visit you know especially the yeah big not not a Owa- not oh. not oahu not maui but the big island, you know <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um, and i'm a little partial yeah. to it but um, <laughs> no
1: i i agree though and it's it's exactly you described it perfectly you know it's like the increments of of how the island evolves uh it, it's you know one day it can be you know you're having such a relaxed day you fall asleep like drooling on the beach with a Mai Tai type of thing and then the next day you've got your down jacket on and your your hiking boots and you're you know you're at elevation or you've got your raincoat out because you're going through the rainforests or trying to find the waterfalls and and I I guess that's that's part of the um like the lust for living here or coming here uh, is because you never get bored uh, in the sense of that it's not repetitive so You know, there's so much to do in such different climates that even, you know, one hike can alter so differently when the weather changes. You know, it could become something, an, an, an entirely different experience because now you're in cold weather and an actual cold weather. But uh, no, it, it's true. You just you, uh, every time, even for myself, when I'm uh, not here talking to people about these adventures and stuff, I'm I'd like to do it in my own time. You know, even if I'm not on one of the tours. So, you know, it's like yesterday I went on a hike um, up off of Saddle Road on the foothills of Mount Aloha. Um, and it was again, just, it was about a nine mile hike, but it wound up at a different lava tube that I have never seen before. And then, you know, the day before I was cycling up on uh, the, Kahala, um, the Kahala Mountain Road. And it's just, it's such a change of, of uh, activities that you can do and and I think, you know, um, uh, for myself, yeah, at least, you know, that's that's one of the most important things for Elite Adventures is to be able to have this all-encompassing um, passion of of all aspects of the island and to be able to really encourage all aspects. You know, it's, it's very easy sometimes for people in Kona, I think, if you're on holiday here or vacationing here, just to say, okay, well, I'm in Kona, I'm just going to uh, kind of stay on the beach around Kona. But it's right. like, well, hey, go go up to this this odd beach up here in the north and check this one out or you know go over to Hilo and go to the waterfalls or uh, you know um, go ATVing on one of the volcanoes yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's all these different aspects of it you know and, and and the ocean is not just the ocean it's the it's a I mean you will know firsthand the the way people respond to when they're swimming with manta rays and you know, um, seeing whales out there breaching and such—it's—it's it's just such an alive place.
0: Yeah, it can be, and it can be life changing for a lot of people. You know,
1: definitely. And, and I think yeah.
0: I think for all people. You know, I am I to rephrase yes. that and say for all people because there's so many different experiences that you can have there, and and in so many different people and. And how you interact with the environment, whether it be you know terrestrial on shore or or mm-hmm. you know marine out in the ocean, you know diving below. Unfortunately, I can't dive because of my ears, but you know mm-hmm. even being on the surface of the ocean, all the life that you see, yeah. and you know there's something for everyone, which is the cool part. Absolutely, like you can be Absolutely. you can be ninety years old and have the time of your life experiencing the outdoors in whatever capacity possible, or you can be you know have this incredibly intense, you know, rugged experience up in the foothills of, of the big island and then go diving in the afternoon. Like there's so many different options in, on so many different levels.
1: No, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, you're true exactly, right. Exactly. In, in saying that, um, you know, it's, there's something for everybody. I mean, um, like even people, it, it comes up every now and then, you know, people want to be on the ocean, but they can't swim and they, they just assume that there's nothing for them, but it's, it's totally the opposite. I mean, some of the, sometimes I just like to go on the boats and not even dive or snorkel, you know, because you, I just love watching the coastline and, um, you know, you can see so much from the boats often, especially Kona snorkel trips and, you know, Kona Hanu because they're smaller vessels. So it's not like you're peering or fighting with a hundred other people to peer over the edge of a big boat, you know, it's, 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 uh, um, you can see so much from it. And I mean, we've sent people out that have said that they can't swim and such, and they'll go on, they'll just sit on, on the boat and they come back and they're like, gosh, I never thought I could have done that, but thanks so much, you know, and, um, you know, they won't get in the water and stuff like that, but it it comes down to the guides as well. You know, It's, it's all about, you know, knowing, who you're taking on board and you know who 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 has what limits and stuff and right um so so yeah i, I agree there's definitely something for everybody here
0: yeah I mean. absolutely and, and i think yeah. you know you being the we're just going to call you the gatekeeper of the big island for all intents and purposes
1: um, <laughs> i like it yeah
0: no you're welcome you've been you've been you know knighted at, <laughs> yeah. if that's what you would call it um,
1: I'll, I'll start wearing a key around my neck yes of course of
0: course <laughs> Um yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know there, there's something for everyone and elite adventurers can really provide that. And what's what I think is great is not only does it just provide an amazing adventure or experience, but it really you know you guys focus on you know being sustainable and you know conservation minded yeah. and protecting and, and respecting the marine environment and and, and on shore as well and you know trying mm-hmm. to reduce you know the waste that we're using by you know selling, products at the shop that are, are meant to you know be reef safe and help the ocean and and you're really yeah. you're not only taking a a stand for all right let's get these people on the awesome adventure but let's do it in the right way you know yeah and being yeah. able to educate too and, and tell the history of hawaii and be respectful and because you know in, in a lot of ways like hawaii isn't our it, it's it's not our land right it's mm-hmm. not our it's yep. not our spot but um, and we gotta respect that, and and I think yeah. the lead ventures and all the other you know Kona snorkel trips, Kona divers does an amazing job doing that, and um, it was just a real honor to be able to be a part of that team and, and have that mindset. Oh,
1: yeah. well, ab- absolutely, and it's 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 like you say, it's it's all about um, you know the respect for where we are, whether it's it's um, you know our community uh, or the history or the animals. I mean, um, we actually have on our Forms are like uh, waiver forms for when we send people out on the water with paddleboards and kayaks and stuff. We have a whole actual form on the back that talks about, uh, you know, how to be respectful of the marine uh, wildlife. Uh, so it's it's you know, stay this distance from the dolphins or don't try and touch the mantas and stuff like that. And people actually sign it, saying that they won't try and ride the dolphins, you know, right, this kind right. of thing. And and it actually, you know, it. it It brings attention to a lot of people they, 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 you know, they kind of say, oh, I I didn't really think about that. But of course, and and they really appreciate it, you know, Um, uh, they really like the the whole fact of, you know, we're going out there to see these animals. But, you know, we're we're still going to respect that this is this is their home that we're now in. So,
0: right. And make the connection that this isn't SeaWorld right? Like this exactly, is, yes. this is the wild. This is, <laughs> yes. you know, if you don't respect it, like it, it could come back and bite you, you know? So yeah. let, let's do <laughs> our too. part and, you know, and, and do the right thing. So, yeah, um, absolutely. well, Zoe, I, I think it's time to bring the ship into port and, and it was such a <laughs> real pleasure, right? No pun intended, but, um, yeah, <laughs> it was a real pleasure to have you on, and not only learn about elite adventures, but also touch base uh, about you know your story and where you've come from. So thanks for being on the show; it was awesome.
1: No, absolutely, and thanks thanks for uh, talking with me, Zach. And um, yet again, it's uh, I, I'm all excited now to go in uh, um, on on these adventures myself. So. <laughs> oh, h- yeah. how could you not? Yeah. I mean, volcanoes, right? <laughs> swimming, snorkeling—like yeah. it's endless. So. <laughs> Um but last
0: but not least, you know, if you're if you're someone listening, you wanna maybe, you know, maybe you're planning on a a Hawaiian vacation soon to the big island. Um you want to learn more about elite adventures, where can you go? What how do I sign up? Where do do I have Instagram, Facebook? What's out there?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um thanks for bringing that up actually. Yeah, um we're busy trying to build a lot of our platforms. So we have got uh Facebook and Instagram. It's just Elite Adventures. Um, and then one of our big projects now is our YouTube channel. We have a few videos up there as already, um, that's Alie Adventure Shack. Um, and we are going to be putting a lot more up there too, of a lot of adventures and stuff that we're doing. Um, and of course our website, that's ali'iadventureshack.com. Um, or if you want to email us and this goes directly to me as well, so <laughs> I'm happy to help you out. Um, but the email address is just info at shack.com. Awesome. And yeah. <laughs> awesome. Simple enough. Yeah. I love
0: it. Very yeah, cool. exactly.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah.
0: again, Zoe, real pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time with, to, to speak with me and uh, looking forward to connecting soon.
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Zach. Uh, really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Zoe.
1: Thanks.
0: Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Along the Keel. It was a real pleasure talking with Zoe today to learn all about Elite Adventures, as well as just to catch up and talk to another friend, comrade, over on the big island of Hawaii. So, if you haven't tuned into episode number 24 with Sherry Sisko, I highly recommend it. She is an incredible woman with a great story starting out in California at the age of 17 after packing her bags from New Jersey with just a pair of sneakers, a small backpack, and absolutely nothing. And making a empire over on the California coast, a yacht management company, then moving over to Hawaii and creating Kona Snorkel Trips and Elite Adventures. She is a serial entrepreneur with a great attitude and great personality, so I highly recommend listening to that episode. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter, like I said in the beginning. It's all about people like you who are out in the community trying to make waves and doing what they do best, being on the ocean and in the outdoors. This month, we're featuring Ian Patry, who is a commercial tuna fisherman up in Saco Bay, Maine. He is a great guy. He's also a Division I lacrosse player at Bryant University and has many irons in the fire, so super stoked to have him on Making Waves. And we have more people like that, as well as some great little stories that we like to throw in there as well. They're handwritten here at Along the Keel headquarters in Rhode Island. And with that, I'm going to stop talking so you can get on with your day, listen to another episode of the podcast, But as always, remember to work hard, do good, be incredible, and have an awesome day.